Are you ready to unapologetically unleash your bold and define your life, money, and business? Define You Radio Class is in session with host the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace, brings you the stories behind the glory. Hear from women and men who decided that life didn't define them. They were going to define themselves. Pen and Papers Ready Class is now in session. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Define You Radio. I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Lincia Griffin Wallace. I hope you guys have had a great week. Even though it's just beginning, I love every day. Okay? We should all wake up with that. We're going to show up and show out attitude every day. I hope you guys have had your chance to grab your copy of Keep It Queen-like on my website. If not, it's still free. It's still there. Go to ValenciaGWallace.com and get it while it's hot, bold, defined, and unleashed. <laughs> well, tonight's featured guest, our featured teacher, Nicole Mason. I am so excited. You guys just don't understand how I have been counting down the days, the hours, the minutes, the seconds to have this young lady on the show. Now, a little bit about Nicole. She helps women leaders in ministry and the marketplace show up great. You know, like I say, if you're going to show up, show out. But now you're going to learn how to show up show out and show up great Uh, with authenticity, confidence, competence, and courageousness. I love her, you guys, ever since I talked to her, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and I posted this on Facebook, my soul has felt lighter. And that's a, a powerful thing. It's like she reached in literally and grabbed me through the phone which was quite an experience because I was driving at that time. So with that being said, I don't want to hold class up. I want to welcome Nicole to the show. Welcome to Define You Radio. Hey there, sweetie pie. Thank you so much for uh, this awesome opportunity. And uh, I am smiling from ear to ear. I uh, appreciate this opportunity, and I certainly am grateful uh, for our fellowship that we did have a few weeks ago, it was certainly sweet, and uh, I appreciate God for those kinds of moments. So thank you for inviting me tonight. Well, thank you for showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Showing up and, and showing out and showing up great. Yes, I love it. I I can't wait. Um, my pens and papers are ready to take notes. So, Miss Nicole, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit more about you? You know, kind of fill in the gaps with what I may have left out. Okay. Well, um, whenever I'm on a show or have the opportunity to speak to uh, to the people, I'm always kind of like, oh man, that is such a such a complex question. Who is Nicole Mason? <laughs> 
So um, I always like to start with the fact that I am a wife to my college sweetheart and um, a mom to three sons, and uh, that's very interesting, to say the least, the only woman in the house. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I am a preacher. I love to preach the gospel. I was born to preach. When when I'm in the preaching moment, I am my most alive. Uh, I am also an attorney, and um, I'm a best-selling author and an executive leadership coach. Uh, And I am, you know, wrapped all up into uh, what I do in terms of my work with women I would just say I am a champion of women. I want women to win. I want them to win uh, in every area of their lives. Um, No matter what they are called to do, I want them to do it with authenticity, with power, with boldness, unapologetically, uh, so that people will know that they have been there and they have been in their space. So, um, that's me kind of in a nutshell, and I do that in the, in a variety of different ways, you know, preaching and teaching and writing and all of those things. So I do it in different ways, but uh, everything with me, uh, the, the uh, crux of it or the center of it is really about empowering women to be unapologetically uh, who they have been created to be. Mm. I I love that and I do understand being the only woman in the house. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's good and sometimes it's like don't make me I will not cook in this camp. You know, I sometimes mama have to go on strike but sons sons are special. Mm-hmm, they so. are, they are. Well, they treat me like a queen in here. I, um, you know, so to that end, I appreciate my husband, and my husband has, you know, instilled in my son to treat me with the utmost care, uh, as he does. And so, you know, uh, I don't have to do much around here, and so I'm grateful hmm. for that. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I, I'm so grateful now. Um, in terms of, you know, just kind of running everything, I, uh, I, I'm grateful, you know. I'm thankful that I have the support that I do and that I have the love. And so you're absolutely correct. Boys are, they're special. They, they are. And I know sometimes around this house I have to uh, assert my momhood. <laughs> And I told my husband, I warned him, and I warned my son. I said, after he graduates high school, mm-hmm. I when I cook, it's going to be sporadic and mm-hmm. be great because I'm tired. <laughs> so um, every time I do cook, it's an occasion. But I'm going to tell you, when um, when my son came back from basic training, Mm-hmm. He had a whole new mom appreciation that I could sure. not have taught him and everything, mm-hmm. you know, even though I was ready to go and kidnap him mm-hmm. from basic mm-hmm. training. But uh yeah. like I said, that's a <laughs> that's a whole other show. So well mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to have you here and I'm excited about the topic about showing up great. And I mm-hmm. love the way that it's not just, you're not just 
teaching women or telling them to show up. You're telling them to show up great. So before Mm -hmm. we get into that, I want to want you to tell us a little bit because you know I read over your your bio and we had like a few things in common and one of the things that you mentioned you talked a lot about your grandmother mm-hmm. so I would I would mm-hmm. like for you to share a little bit with the audience about your grandmother and how she was a influence in your life sure so um, I realized the other day, and I'm working on another book. I'm always writing. I love to write. I think writing is very therapeutic, and you know, at least from my vantage point. And I just happen to share my writing with others. But you know, my writing is for me first, just like the sermon is for the preacher first. At least it should be. And so, my grandmother was the first disruptor that I saw. Right? So you don't Mm -hmm. know that and understand it until you become an adult, you know. And I realize I'm working on this latest book. It's called uh, Disruption is in My DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. You know, because what what we see now are women who are uh, intentional. I I love words. They are intentional about disrupting uh, the status quo. And so my grandmother was the very first disruptor uh, in my life when I look back on it. Uh, she was a business owner back in the early 50s when most women were at home at being homemakers and taking care of their families. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with that um, because I came uh, off of my job and took care of my family for uh, seven years, uh, but Uh, My grandmother was a business owner, and she was one of two women in the entire community who owned a business. And so uh, just her influence and her, and she had great influence in the community, her influence and uh, the way that she handled herself. I watched her over the years, how she negotiated and how she handled people who were her suppliers of, you know, uh, the products that she needed to run her dry cleaners and um, the people she needed to negotiate with to come in to make repairs to the building. Uh, She bought her building. She didn't just rent it. She bought the building early on. Uh, And so just watching that and all that she instilled in me about, you know, she would always say mother may have, father may have, but God bless a child that has its own. And so just really instilling those values and principles in me to uh, have my own and to think for myself. And, uh, you know, I always tell folks I was a de facto CFO, COO, CAO, so whatever old folk have in their business, I have been that. (laughs) You know, ordering supplies when I was young, you know, running the business, uh, you know, all of these things. And so that, too, was very influential because she showed great trust in me early in my life, great trust in my abilities, in my thinking capacity, in my intellect, in, um, you know, my intellectual prowess, if you will. And she not only trusted me, she was nurturing it, and she was developing it as we were going along. Um, I remember very vividly uh, sitting uh, in the bedroom counting money, 
you know, uh, you know, putting money, you know, all the ones together, all the fives together, uh, learning the value of money, and you know, just just all of that. Uh, so my grandmother, she was a boss before it was cool to be a boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yes, indeed. I love, mm-hmm. I love everything that you said, and just the fact that she owned a business mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. those days. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming your grandmother was black. I'll assume that. Yes, yes, yes. My grandmother was black, and she and my grandfather actually started the business together. And you know, this is powerful as well. Because my grandfather, um, he, she waited for him to come home from the war, and they moved to um, the D.C. area from South Carolina uh, in the late 40s. Uh, and so they started the business together and, um, in 1948, and she, um, uh, they ran the business together. And my grandfather, he was a master tailor. And, you know, for, for folks that don't know, that meant that, he made his own clothes. Uh, he, you know, did alterations for others, and so thus they opened a dry cleaning business. But my grandfather, he taught himself to sew out of necessity because there were so many kids. He had, if he wanted some new clothes, he had to make them. So mm-hmm. learning how to, you know, make clothes from old clothes, just powerful. But that is what, in, uh, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. So goes goes those quote um, that that really pushed him to learn how to sew, teach himself, and then he taught my grandmother everything uh, that she knew about sewing. You know, I didn't have store bought clothes for the first um, many years of my life. My grandmother made all of my old my clothes, and all of them were designer because they had my name on them. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you learn how to sew? I did not, right? <laughs> you know, those are some of the lost arts. <laughs> I did not, and let me tell, let me explain to you why. Because my grandmother, um, she honed my natural abilities, and what I mean by that is, she saw that I was a natural uh, analytical person. I wanted to be a lawyer when I since the age of nine. Uh, I loved Perry Mason, loved, loved, loved Perry Mason, uh, particularly at the end when Perry Mason would have the witness on the stand and he would be asking those questions in rapid succession and force those people to admit they were guilty. I loved it. So I, I had a natural ability for advocacy early on. My grandmother, she picked up on that, and her thing to me was, you go to school and I'm going to make sure that you become uh, the lawyer that you want to be. And that is exactly what my grandmother did. Mm. Kudos so she to didn't hold me grandma. To, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she didn't hold me to, you know, you just you work to take care of this, run this business. That wasn't her attitude. Her attitude was she wanted me to go further, but she understood that she was using the business to make a way for me to do that. And she was able to do that. Um, she paid for my college just straight cash, you know. I mean, just straight cash. <laughs> right? You know, just well, like, 
What? How much is it? Okay, stroke the check. You know, um, when I bought my first house, she stroked the check for forty thousand dollars for a down payment. I mean, th- th- this is the this is the kind of um, benefactor that I have been from her sacrifice and her pushing me. So my grandmother was major in my life, major. I definitely agree that your grandmother was a boss. Was or is mm-hmm. a boss? Is she still with us today? No, she passed away. Uh, she and my mom actually passed away in the same month in 2005. You know, so an only child, only grandchild. Um, so I, you know, lost my mom first, and then my grandmother passed away 17 days later. So, you know, um, that's been a hard road. But I thank God for healing, and I thank God for. Uh, all that they imparted into me and my mom, uh, she that was another uh, whole story because my mother was the uh, impetus behind the show up great, um, somebody called it a movement, the show up great movement that I uh, have started because, you know, her thing was it's not about what you have on, Nicole, it's about how you show up. And so the two of them um, really impacted my life in such a great way, and as well as my dad. My mom and my father, they divorced when I was three, uh, but my father was a major influencer in my life as well. Uh, I was certain that I was loved, and uh, I was the apple of his eye, uh, and everybody knew that, and, you know, so I was a daddy's girl, and um, so I, I received love at every turn, Uh, And so just major players in my life, and, you know, I am adamant and intentional about um, really being there for others in the ways that I can to help them tap into who they are because all of those players that I just mentioned really tapped into me becoming who I was created to be and nothing else. Mm. I I agree with the disruption is in your mm-hmm. DNA. Oh yes. I, oh, good yes. disrupt good disruption. Now mm-hmm. when we talk mm-hmm. about the the formula to your success. Mm-hmm. I see where your DNA played a a part in that. It it laid the foundation. Mm-hmm. But what about mm-hmm. the people that don't have mm-hmm. that foundation? What about the people that don't have that support system and that love and Mm -hmm. that I'm going to show you? What would you say to them? Mm -hmm. Sure. So this is my belief, uh, sis. I believe that every person, every person has at least one person that has showed interest in them, whether it was a teacher, somebody in the family, there is always that one person, and, you know, I can think of countless stories that we have, have seen and read. I think about um, James Brown, that story, and although the lady was a madam, she, I remember her sitting on the side of his bed, and she said, Little James, you're going to be somebody one day. Little James, you're going to be famous. And I believe that everybody has Somebody in their lives like that. But what tends to happen, Sister Valencia, is this. And let me go and put on my coaching hat. I have all these different hats that I wear. (laughs) So let me put my coaching hat on. But what tends to happen is the brain 
naturally goes to the negative for whatever reason. It's wired like that. Um, I was just in a leadership class a few weeks ago with a neuroscientist. Our session was about neuroscience and leadership. Uh, And she talked about the brain. The brain naturally goes to the negative. We have to be intentional about uh, reprogramming it to go positive. And this is why people who have been trained to coach others, yes, many people calling themselves coaches, but have not had any training. But when people have been trained to coach, you learn this tactic called hijacking the amygdala. And the amygdala is the frontal lobe of the brain that has to do with our decision-making, right? And so what happens is things in our lives, it kind of leaves an imprint, an imprint, if you will, um, uh, of how we respond to situations. So I'll give you an example. If you did not have um, uh, the love and support uh, as I did, for example, then you would automatically, depending upon what kind of situations you had, you might think that everybody is against you. You know, nobody's for me. I don't have any support. I don't have any help. And that is not necessarily the truth all the way around because everybody has one person at least, and I think there are more, at least one person that if they really give themselves the time to go back, they can say, wow, that person did show some interest in my life. That person did um, tell me that I could be something. One person, uh, you know, a teacher, a counselor, you know, somebody that you've come across because they saw something in you that you didn't necessarily see in yourself. But if that is the case, your brain now is hardwired to every situation, go to the negative to think nobody's for me, nobody's for me, they're against me. And, you know, we all have those, that little small voice in our heads depending upon our exposure and experiences. But you hijack the amygdala by rewriting the story to say that is not true. No, little small self, no, that's not true. No, I remember Miss Miss Davis, that was my third grade teacher, I'll use her. I remember Miss Davis telling me that I was smart enough to be a lawyer. And you have to go with that. And then you have to build a wall, if you will, or build a support system around that new way of thinking. And this is why when people, for example, come go into rehab, when they come out of rehab, it's not a good thing for them to go back to the old neighborhood sometimes right away because they're not strong enough because now you have to build a new support system around your new life. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay, yes. So for people who did not have that support system, then you have to create it. So that means you have to connect with powerful women like Sister Valencia, yes. You have to uh, uh You have to surround yourself with people who are positive and people who are going somewhere. So that means you have to be intentional about leaving the losers that uh, surround your life, right? Because we are energy wrapped up in flesh. And so your energy puts out a vibration. And depending upon what your vibration is, that's what you draw to yourself. So Mm. if your vibration is low, that's what you draw to yourself, people who are low in spirit, low in thought, low in goals, low in achievement. But if your vibration is quick and fast, you are drawing to you people, others who have high vibrations. That's why movers and shakers roll with movers and shakers. 
and people who smoke drugs roll with people, other people who smoke drugs. It's very simple. We're energy wrapped up in this flesh. And so I would also say to that person, look at yourself and examine it. What kind of vibration do you have? What are the people doing around you? Are they moving forward in their lives or are they um, just mediocre? They follow the status quo. What kind of uh, paradigm are they busting up? What kind of disruption are they uh, doing? You know, so uh, all of that will come into play. And I would and certainly encourage a person, get you somebody who will be honest with you. That, that's my final thing. Get you somebody that will be honest with you to tell you, mm, no, your vibration is too low. You have much more potential <laughs> in you than what, you're, what you are putting out. And this is me with, with, with my son and some of the young folks that I see. You know, I, I share this story because my son, uh, one, of my, one of my sons, you know, he decided that he wanted to just kind of hang out in our neighborhood. No, you're not going to just hang out in the neighborhood because we didn't put that in you. We didn't raise you that way. But, okay, this is what, where you are right now in your life. But guess what? He knows his mama is a disruptor. His mama is crazy when it comes to her children. And I go right down to where he decided he wanted to hang out a couple of months ago, walk right up in there, and outside, start throwing holy oil everywhere, started disrupting their comfortability and telling all of them, all of y'all greater than this. You got much more potential in you than this. You got, and nobody told you that. I'm telling you today I love you and that you're more than this, that you're greater than this. And when you stand on the block, do you know that comes from slavery, when they sold your ancestors on the auction block? And so now you want to come out here and sell your soul and sell your spirit to the devil on the block? You're greater than that. So let me wow. stop there because I could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> well, so you, yeah, you, you have hit, to look at yourself uh-huh, and, and, and be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You you hit so many, so many points, and I know, like, I had a, a direction that the interview was going to go, but you know, I'm always like, I'm a flow with it because you mm-hmm. hit so many great points. Cause I see it and I hear it all the time as people start to elevate, mm-hmm. they, they find themselves feeling lonely and they're losing mm-hmm. old friends and, and old uh, habits and old, people basically mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. just you cleared it up so your your energy is different so if mm-hmm. you have a positive energy the negative people that that found comfort with you because you were negative like them no longer are comfortable with you so they will leave you and that's a good thing absolutely <laughs> it's just plain and simple absolutely and guess what you have to learn how to be okay with that you know see people who are great and people who are disruptive and have disruption in their DNA to, and my, my definition of disruption is the people who are designed, who were built to disrupt the status quo. You know, I always tell people, not only will I get out the boat, uh, but I'm going to get and walk on water. I'm going to get out the boat, walk on water, and turn the boat over. That's just my energy um, for as far back as I can remember. And so because perhaps I was an only child, only grandchild, maybe this is why my spirit is so strong that, you know, I really don't care about walking by myself because I've always been by myself. But you have to be okay. (laughs) You have to be okay with being 
by yourself. You have to be okay with going against the status quo. You have to be okay with people not liking you and people not engaging you and not accepting you. This is why you have to have a good dose of self-esteem. And my mother and my grandmother were very intentional about imparting that into me, you know, almost injecting me with it, you know, that you don't apologize, Nicole, for being smart and being beautiful and being brilliant and bold and all those things that you are. Because, see, the world would try to get you to conform to its system, get you to conform to being quiet when you should speak up, to get you to stay in the background when you ought to come to the forefront of your own life. God did not cause us to come to earth to be supporting actors and actresses in our lives. No, he sent us here to be main characters. And so that means that you have to get out of the front line of your own life, and you have to be okay with people looking at you, giving you the side eye, asking the question, well, who does she or he think they are? Well, I'm going to tell you, watch my smoke, and I'm going to show you better than I can tell you who I am. I am bold. I am bodacious. I'm beautiful. And guess what? I have brains. So I'm going to use all of that to execute and implement what I have been sent to the earth to do without apology. Woo. You give me chills. This is this is definitely one of the shows I'm going to have to go back and listen to the replay. Um <laughs> You're mm-hmm. just you're you're awesome. You are you and are so awesome. Are you. Mm-hmm. So like I, spirits beget like spirits. Yes, and and Don't it, miss that it's point. so I'm definitely not. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's crazy and funny and interesting how we actually connected. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, maybe I'll touch on that later when we get a chance. But I want. Okay. What does it mean? to show up great. Mm-hmm. So um, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, my mother was always very adamant about how I was showing up. And what she was interjecting into my heart and my spirit with the caveat, Nicole, it's not about what you have on. So right there, she was debunking the um, whole setup about clothing, you know. See, we get so caught up in the exterior and the clothing now. I love nice, fine clothes. Don't get me wrong. So let me put a caveat there. Uh, and my mother and my grandmother love to put me in nice, fine clothing. Uh, like I said, my grandmother made all of my clothing, and uh, she had my name sprawled all over and everything. Uh, and I remember very vividly uh, having a a three-quarter length rabbit coat going to elementary school, uh, so much so that the vice principal called the meeting that to tell my mother and my grandmother that I couldn't wear that kind of coat to school because no other, <laughs> other children didn't have anything like that, okay? So, you know, let's not get it twisted. It's not about not liking nice things. But my mother's point was don't get caught up in those things because the greater value is within you. So, to her point, it's not about what you have on, it's how you show up, meaning it's what you think about yourself when you enter a room. You know, when you enter a room, do people take note of you or are you, quote, insignificant, as I like to say, because there are many people, when they show up in the room, they are insignificant. No one even turns to look. They don't even, they, you, you, there's nothing significant about the person because the person doesn't feel 
significant. And that comes from the inside of you. When you are confident, when you show up in the room, there is an air about you, as the old folk used to say. There is an air with you. There is an aura that uh, hovers around you that makes people stop and notice you. And it's not about what you have on because I can go into a room and I can have holy jeans on, although that's the style now. But, you know, uh, I can have holy jeans on, toe up, holy shirt, whatever, but people will still take notice because I am so sure of myself as why I entered the room in the first place. This is Mm. why women leaders, when I am coaching them, no, you don't sit on the periphery in the um, board meeting. You sit at the table. No, no, sit at the table. And then offer uh, something at the meeting that is of substance. And I always remember I was in a meeting when I was um, shadowing my one of my early uh, coaches. Before coaching was coaching, I was being coached and mentored um, early on in my professional career. And I was able to have access to high-level meetings because uh, of my mentor and my coach. And so we were at this meeting, and we were uh, in the meeting, and at the head of the table was uh, this woman disruptor. And she was a woman scientist uh, back then, and this was the early 90s. And I will never forget her statement. And she said, the worst thing that a woman can be is vogue but vague. Mm. Okay? Vogue, B-O-G-U-E, meaning that you show up and you – Looking good, because see what happens is when you get a message, and this is this is this is how uh, uh, people's lives uh, end up, you know, one way or the other, and you have to be intentional about making some changes. See, I had already gotten that messaging from my mom, and so all along the way in my life, that message about showing up has just been affirmed over and over and over again. So here I was in this meeting. She said, the worst thing that a woman can be is vogue but vague. She said, show up, you're looking good, but you're vague. When you open your mouth, it is evident by what you say, you don't have a clue about what you're talking about. Hmm. And I never forgot that. And so for me, it, it all made sense. It was all gelling together. When I look back on it now, hindsight is twenty twenty. that I was just getting those messaging from different pockets in my life about it's not what you have on. It's about how you show up. So when you sit at that board table and you open your mouth, let it be something of substance. Uh, Let your contribution be uh, something that makes a difference in whatever the subject matter is. And so that means that you have to spend a little extra time getting ready for the meeting uh, to be well-versed on the subject matter. So be it, whatever it is, whatever your vocation is, you should be uh, always learning, right? Uh, whatever Agreed. industry you're a part of, you should be learning and knowing your industry. Listen, women don't have the luxury of being a, a, a B game or second fiddle. No, no, you got to come with your A game. And so for me, that means that you show up and you're confident in who you are and what you bring to the table, and you don't back down from it. Mm. Nail on the head, or as I like to say, Mike's thoroughly dropped. <laughs> Why do you? <laughs> I, it's 
you know, you you dropped the mic. Like I'm, I have to regroup my question. Um, okay. I love that you that you hit so many points, especially you know when you talked about valuing who we are and and showing up in the room and people knowing that you're there. I don't have to put my hand up and say, "Hey, I'm here." You feel that energy. You feel that power when I walk in a room. Otherwise, I could have stayed home if I wasn't going to breathe. Why do you think women and I, and men, I'm not singling you out, but you guys know I always say I'm a woman, so I'm talking to the women first. Men, you listen up too. Why do you think <laughs> women have a problem with that? Why do we have a problem with standing out in the room? Why do we have a problem when it comes to people turning their heads and looking at us when we showed up? Well, I think that that's a um, – it's for a variety of different reasons. Um, you know, socially and culturally, um, there, those are two different things. Um, so all of that comes into play, you know, social, your social norms, your cultural norms, your racial norms, all these things come into play. Uh, and so, um, you know, on a broad scale, doing a broad stroke, um, women in general and overall have been taught to be quiet. You just, you don't, you, you be seen and not heard, number one. Um, women have been shown that, you know, your value is less than. Uh, women have been taught to, you know, what you bring to the table is not as important as what I bring to the table. Studies have shown uh, and this came out in the Obama administration, and I heard it in several meetings that I found myself in at a senior level uh, that the women would give a suggestion. It would be overlooked, but when the man gave the same suggestion, uh, it would be lauded and praised. And that happens across the board. But the women in the Obama administration, they decided that they were going to support the person, the woman who made a recommendation. So, for example, if there were three of us in the boardroom, then Valencia would make a point. Then Nicole would say, well, yes, I second Valencia's point on X, Y, and Z. And then the third woman at the table would say, yes, well, I agree with Valencia's point that da-da-da-da-da. So they started to disrupt the uh, norm in the boardroom by saying, mm, no. Uh, Valencia made that point And so we're not going to take Matt's uh, Suggestion and recommendation As Matt uh, And him taking ownership of it Because he didn't wasn't the originator Of the point, it was Valencia And so mm. I think You know, women uh, have Had these different um, uh, Norms and these Different systems, that, like I, I like To call them, systems and boxes That we have been placed into but when you come into an awareness of who you are, that'll make me start preaching right there. When you come Amen. into an awareness of who you are and what you bring to the table, nothing or no one can stop you. You then become a force to be reckoned with. The other thing, too, sis, is that, you know, we have experienced uh, betrayal of other women. All of us have experienced it. We have experienced mm -hmm. the backlash and the cattiness of other women. But I always say to women, become the example that you want to want to see. So although I've had bad experience.
experiences with women, that does not make me discount our sisterhood because I have many other sisters that have supported me and lifted me and encouraged me and empowered me. There again, changing the paradigm, you know, hijacking the amygdala that, no, women can't get together. That's a lie from the pit of hell because there are scores of women. Not only are, do we get, are we getting along, but we are collaborating. We are pushing forth the agenda to empower women. We are making big, bold, boss moves. So all of that other stuff, you have to uh, disrupt it. So all of that comes into play that uh, makes, you know, some women want to cower down and back down. And for me, it just really boils down to esteem. Because once your confidence is there and you're not comparing yourself to woman A and woman B because you are so confident and certain about what you bring to the table, that's when you can really begin to make strides in your life. Mm. I I agree one hundred and fifty percent. And it's it's so many things that you just said in that last statement. And I know a lot of times I think people don't realize when we repeat statements, whether it's on social mm-hmm. media, whether it's out loud, then we draw that to us. So if if we repeat mm-hmm. the statement that women can't work together, well you mm-hmm. Put it out there. That's the energy you've given out. A lot of times, mm-hmm. well, I've seen people put it publicly, and you're wondering mm-hmm. why no women want to work with you. Well, you already told mm-hmm. me that mm-hmm. women can't work together or women can't support each other. So I, in in my life, I don't want that negativity. Mm-hmm. I will block it and move on. And and yeah. it's funny, like even when I get ready to have guests on the show and as I'm prepping the, you know, things for the show, looking at guests or whatever, I check people out on social media because I know the Mm -hmm. type of energy and vibe that this show must have in order for me to fulfill the vision I was given for it. Yeah. And to that, you know, it's an interesting journey, but to that, long as I stay true to that, it's going to go how, I want it to go and how it's supposed to go because that's the energy I put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that is so true, you know, and using the buzzwords that people use now, you know, you, what's the brand that you want to put out, you know, just use the buzzwords, <laughs> yeah. but you're absolutely correct. You know, same thing that I said earlier about vibration. Uh, what is the brand that you <laughs> want to put out? You know, there are certain things that I just will not even respond to because, you know, I was on, I was watching, for example, I was watching um, the Women in the World Summit uh, last week via live stream, and you could make comments. And, of course, they were talking about um, some, you know, a variety of different issues that really impact women on a global level. One of them happened to be human sex trafficking. And mm. um, one person on the feed said, um, this is gay. And somebody else responded, and I responded to that person, listen, some things don't deserve a response at all. Ignorance is one of them. See, you, you've got to learn when to hold them and when to fold them, right? And right. some things don't deserve a response. And so I, you know, from where I was sitting, I'm like, don't even start responding to this person 
whoever they are, you know, people are able to hide behind these uh, accounts in their homes and be cowards and make all kinds of statements and do all these different kinds of things, um, you know, and you can choose whether you engage them or not. But the conversation had been going so well with the women who were on there on the live feed, and my thought was don't engage that person. There are some things that don't deserve a response at all. Ignorance is one of them. And the lady came back. She said, you know, Nicole, you are absolutely correct. Guess what? We didn't hear another peep from that person. So Hmm. you have to stick with your brand identity. My brand identity is to empower women, uh, to encourage. So there are certain things that you will not see on any of my social media platforms because I'm not engaging in it. I'm I'm not even going down to the level of some of this stuff that we see going on. Uh, even with being able to respond to some of the things on other people's pages. I'm not responding to that either. I see it, yes, but I'm not taking the time to stop and respond to that. you got to be kidding me. We only have so much time on the earth, we have to choose how we spend it. And I choose to spend mine positively and by making a difference and making impact in the earth for good. Mm. I see so many more people need to take that that attitude of not responding because I will see people that I once respected or you know like their posts and somebody in fact it, it actually happened today and somebody made a comment and so they went all the way left with their response and continued to respond so now I'm looking at this person a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, cause I, we've all, I'm sure I know I have had to delete comments before mm-hmm. and I'm sometimes I have to go to the Lord like, Lord, you know, you still dealing with me <laughs> on some stuff and I want to respond so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have to have yeah. that quick, that quick talk and he has to remind me it's not about you. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. not. A, it's not about you in your feelings at this moment. Because five minutes later, you won't even remember that person's name. Then I have to say, yeah, lesson I, learned, Lord. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's it's too much energy. It takes too much energy. And you know, I just my my whoever coins Silas is golden. I need to find them and give them an offering because mm-hmm. that has been such a blessing in my life. Some things just don't deserve my energy and my time, and I am very intentional about it. It's like I see it, but I don't see it, and I keep it moving. It's like I'm on a mission to uh, save souls, change people's lives, impact them uh, for good, and I'm not about to let any little distraction, any fox hold me up. It's just not going to happen. Mm. Amen. Hard work, discipline, dedication. Is that the true formula to success? I would say yes, but I think uh, the foundation for success has to be faith. And, you know, you have to believe in something greater than yourself, particularly in the times that we find ourselves in. You know, you have to be able to have an outlet for uh, the things that concern you, you know. And so for me, it's my faith. Uh, it's prayer, it's um, really having a great support system as I work hard and uh, have discipline and commitment and dedication and stick to itness and fortify 
on the inside and, you know, intellectual prowess, meaning, you know, intellectual strength that I'm not easily persuaded to quit. You know, quitting is not an option. All of these different things, you know, when they um, are uh, compacted together, you know, you can uh, really find yourself uh, gaining momentum to really accomplish some great things. Uh, that does not mean accomplishing all the things all at one time, but really taking priority in your life to figure out what you should be working on now, what's coming next, <clears throat> and really building a system around you um, to be successful, you know. So for me, it's almost like, um, you know, for example, when I travel to preach, uh, I have a, a system, a support system. You know, I have sister friends that help my husband with my son. He's 11, uh, so they help with the caring for him, picking him up, you know, that kind of thing, really uh, supporting me in that way. You have to have a support system. But this is the thing that I find very important for us that either makes or break, breaks us. You have to let people know that you need help. <laughs> and mm. that's not something that we are trained to do again, you know, because we've seen it in our lives where women have this, quote, quote, superwoman syndrome, Right. But you have to let people know you need help because you can't do it all. We're not like our ancestors and, you know, people who came before us. And I didn't see this model where, you know, your, your, um, the woman was at home, you know, just caring for the home. And that was a huge job in and of itself. But you have women now who are caring for the home, have to work outside the home, you know, have to take care of the kids, you know, have to take care of the husband, you know, all these things. Uh, and then deal with the stress on their jobs, and if they have a business, deal with, you know, the fluctuations of the money coming in, paying the expenses, all those things. We need help. We need support. <laughs> and we have to let people know what we need. You know, like for me, when you start talking about the cooking, my husband and I share responsibilities in our home, you know. So I'm not the only one cooking. No, he does the cooking, too. I'm not the only one washing clothes. He washes clothes, too. I'm not the only one cleaning. He cleans, too, because we both work, and we both have all these things going on. And, you know, he supports me in my ministry. He supports me in my travel. I wouldn't be able to do it without him. He supports me when I'm writing on a book, so that takes time to do it. You know, so all of that, it, ha it is a partnership. But you have to let people know what you need. I can't tell you the number of women that I have coached and mentored and uh, ministered with and, you know, I say, you know, have you talked to your husband about the help you need? Well, no. Well, he is not a mind reader. You need hmm. to tell him what you need. You know, so for me, I think it's all of that and really building a support system that supports you and your goals. Hmm. Like they say, a closed mouth don't get fed. Yeah. And yeah. You, you hit on something that I wanted to touch on real quick because you talked about how you and your husband are partners and how you guys support mm -hmm. each other and you communicate. That's mm -hmm. the difference. I do believe like why a, a lot of women, a lot, the majority of the women I know are single mm -hmm. because, and I said one of the foundations I found in that makes my relationship still feel like honeymoon. Mm -hmm. It's because we work together. Mm -hmm. we, 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 mm -hmm. we work together. And that's why I'm able to do, do what I do the way that I do it. You know, as, mm -hmm. as, a, as a whole picture in this household, 
We work mm-hmm. together. So that's why I don't, my household is peaceful. It's peace because mm-hmm. we're a team. And yeah. people don't, and I've communicated that. I've been con- communicating with my son since he was in the womb. Mm-hmm. And I said, Lord, I don't know if I ever get married. And son, it may just me, be me and you. We're going to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. And when me and my husband were dating, I communicated with him who I was. And I'm glad he came into my life when I had already grew up to be Valencia. Mm-hmm. So I was able mm-hmm. to communicate what I did and didn't need. My my dreams mm-hmm. for my life, the visions that I was given. Can you support this, or or like the mm-hmm. youngsters say, or or nah? <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So so needless to say, we married. So apparently his answer was yes. So um, <laughs> I, well, I but I love that. That's, that's another topic for another show because you know uh, I've been with this same man for thirty years, and it has not always been like this. But that's mm. another for another show and you know uh, just in case people are listening they're struggling in their marriage it it takes time to get to um, harmonious living you know really working through your own stuff your own baggage that you bring to the table but my husband and I made a commitment early on in our relationship that divorce was just not an option we, we, you know, if he had to go sleep one place in the house, I'll sleep another place. That's all right, but we're going to sleep in the same house, okay, right? Uh, but that that's another topic, you know, another conversation um, because it's work. You know, marriage yes. does not just happen. It is work. You guys hear that? That's a, uh, her letting us know there will be a, a part two, a second interview. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, Miss Nicole, tell us about your your book. I believe mm-hmm. you have a, okay. a book out. I know you have a book coming up. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually have two, but then my latest book is called um, Morning Meditation, um, uh, Starting Your Day with Power, Passion, and Purpose. And it is a book of meditations that um, really have blessed people, you know, for some of the uh, meditations. One of the, I think my favorite is, it's called "You Are Greatness in Motion." I love that one. Mm. And uh-huh. uh huh. Another one is um, "Laugh at the Haters" or you know something about the haters. Um, and uh, one is "You Can Make It," "You Can Do It," "Go For It." Just different meditations that really speak to someone in their lives, you know. And it's quick reading. Um, there's a space in the book for people to, you know, write their thoughts out. Um, the book has been used in um, prisons uh, with the, with women. Um, we're actually going to be going into a couple of shelters um, to use this book. I've had it translated into Spanish. I'm going to be sharing it with my um, first Hispanic church. We have a Hispanic community in our church, but I'm going to be sharing it outside of our church in the first Hispanic uh, church next month. Uh, so the book is on the move, and, um, you know, it's just really good. You know, again, I write out of, um, you know, it's therapeutic for me. So when I write, I am writing to encourage myself, and I encourage others, um, you know, as I write. My first book is called Monday Morning Motivation, and uh, it's a similar kind of thread 
um, in nature. And it's easy reading. It's something that, um, you know, people have told me about the Monday morning motivations. They're like, I know I'm just supposed to read it on Mondays, but I read it all during the week. So, you know, I laugh. I'm like, yeah. Uh, so there's short meditations, and, um, you know, the whole purpose is to encourage your heart, lift your spirit, um, impact your spirit, and uh, and uh, get you on your way. So uh, it's, it's very powerful, and uh, it's on Amazon and, you know, people can always uh, uh, send me a message on my through my website, NicoleSMason.com, if they want a personalized one or a personalized copy of one. Uh, so, yeah, and, and they can certainly contact me across the social media platforms if they want to get the information on how uh, I can send them a copy and uh, autograph it. And And I'll be ordering mine with my special autograph in there. Today. Okay, yes, yes, good. Good. Well, I'm sending you one. I'm sending you one. Yay! Uh, and thank you for uh, allowing me to share on your platform. So, yeah, we can uh, get your information uh, once we hang up. But, yeah, I'm sending you one. I want to be a blessing to you. Uh, and so, for me, it's really about impacting um, lives and changing people's hearts that they can make it in this thing we call life. You know, not everybody has faith, and so I am injecting faith to others, Um, you Mm. know. So just on a mission, again, using uh, the different platforms to do the same thing, and that is to empower uh, the lives of people, um, of course, my writing, and, you know, in particular my tribe, of course, is is women. But, you know, men have purchased the book and have been blessed by it as well. Uh, So because the Word of God is the Word of God, and that's for everybody. Mm. I, I, and I love injecting faith because people mm-hmm. that have faith or something something to believe in, to mm-hmm. me, that gives them a reason not to give up when Absolutely. they have something to believe in. So, Miss mm-hmm. Nicole, you mm-hmm. are just the awesome of the awesome, as I like to say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank what you. one tip? What one tip would you like to leave the audience with tonight to help them show up great? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my one tip is to believe in yourself. You are enough. Believe in yourself. And if you need some help to get to that place where you can really feel confident, then certainly um, reach out. Uh, let's work together. Uh, I would love to be your coach, and uh, I am confident uh, that there will be a change. (laughs) There will be a change. Uh, You will see the change in your life um, if you work with me as your coach. I have, uh, you know, scores of testimonies of women uh, who were once in the background. Now they are on front street of their own lives, and that to me is worth every bit of sacrifice, every bit of turmoil uh, and tragedy and all those other things that I've had to endure um, for a time such as this. So thank you so much for this awesome opportunity. And thank you. And, guys, I want to amen and second that. Like I said, after me and this lady, this beautiful lady, talked on the phone, I have been on a I felt lighter. My, I, I feel more focused because she helped me, whether she know it or not, focus on 
the right thing. So I just want to just tell you again, thank you so much, Miss Nicole, and welcome to the Define You Radio family. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was a blessing, and I'm, uh, I'm honored to be able to be a blessing to God's people. So thank you. Well, guys, make sure you connect with Miss Nicole Mason at www.nicolesmason.com. Her information will be on the Define You Radio Facebook page. And if you're listening online, her information will be in the show notes. Remember, guys, knowledge is one thing, but applying it is a whole other. What one thing? can you apply from tonight's show to help you define your life? Let us know on Define You Radio's Facebook page or join Define You Movement on Facebook for the show after party uh, discussion and more. We do all kinds of stuff in that group. With that being said, guys, I'm going to close out with a quote from Marie Forello. Show up in every single moment like you're meant to be there. With that being said, pens and papers down, class is officially over. <laughs>